Hi everyone, welcome back to Beef and Lamb New Zealand's Seen and Heard podcast. I'm Aaron Meikle once again, um, and today I'm uh, going to speak for the second time, I think it's just the second time, to Al McCone. Now Al, just to make sure I've got this right, I should have checked before we started, your engagement lead at WorkSafe New Zealand. Yep, that's right. So what do you actually do in that role? Uh, well, it's a, it's a wide and varied <laughs> role. Uh, I used to be engagement lead uh, just agriculture, but now it's engagement lead full stop because uh, there are more sectors in agriculture, but agriculture remains my primary love and my yep. primary concern. Uh, so I uh, do things like this. I uh, liaise with the business. You know, last night with the Federated Farmers um, networking function, mm-hmm. getting to know the new Federated Farmers Board. Uh, I I, ta- I sit on a health and safety committee with Horticulture New Zealand. Yep. Uh, I talk to farmers when I'm out and about. Uh, we have an ongoing relationship with New Zealand young farmers, mm-hmm. so I'm intimately involved with all that. And then there's uh, a long-term program within agriculture uh, within working. WorkSafe New Zealand Mm -hmm. about uh, agriculture and how we might do things differently with agriculture. Uh, So I put a lot of time in thinking about that, providing advice to that, um, and and doing the liaison between the program and the industry. Yep. So I'm going to talk a wee bit later about outcomes and things, but um, for those of you that haven't heard it, uh, we'll put the link in the blurb. Three years ago it was, I noticed, um, Al and I caught up and did a, a, a bit of an introduction to farm health and safety I think or farming health and safety I think the podcast was called Um, and at the time I know Beef and Lamb New Zealand were flat out we were running our farm safety management system workshops there was a lot of pressure on I'm going to talk about outcomes maybe later but in terms of your work and working with farmers is it I guess you know it's a serious subject but it has become a wee bit easier or is the you know the 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 acceptance of it and 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 the the attention to detail of the stuff becoming more business as usual for farming look I I think um agricultural people keep telling me things have changed yeah so if you more and more farmers are aware that health and safety Mm -hmm. should be a part of their business Mm -hmm. um, more and more are aware of what they should be doing yeah Um, and I think to a general extent what we're finding when our inspectors are out on the ground is probably about 90% of farmers across all the the various parts of farming are um, they, they've got a pretty good idea of what they should be doing and yep. how they should be doing it. And it's just little things that we can help them with and, and say, why don't you try this or I think you need to be doing this. Cool. Um, so so that has changed remarkably in four years, really. So, yeah. uh, which, is, which is great. And I think it's just a sign of agriculture and the people that work in agriculture being prepared to adapt in order to make their businesses better. Yep. Um, and yeah, there is some compliance elements to it, but you know, we'll talk about this a bit later on. Yep. Compliance is sort of the very bottom of mm. the of the of the tray, and what we're trying to do is get people up above that. It's good. Well, actually, that's a nice segue into into where we want to go on this podcast. So, how we came to this, we we review our resources regularly, and um, my offsider Marika, that might be the first time I mentioned her on a podcast. She uh, handles the reviews. Got in touch with you. And I think the, the general feeling was that the podcast three years ago is still accurate, there's nothing wrong in it, but things, as you say, have changed. We've evolved since then a wee bit, and so we thought we'd do another one just as an update and to explain what's changed. So what is the big change? I mean, obviously there's a bit of a change in, in behaviour and attitude and, and people's understanding of this stuff, but 
Has there been uh, major sort of regulation change? Or are you talking maybe your advice or how you apply it's changed? What, well, I what think... You, what do you mean? As, as the knowledge and the awareness across farming has improved, um, we feel it's time to take a different approach because uh-huh. although knowledge and awareness have changed, the statistics haven't. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was doing a presentation this morning with, with Dairy NZ, um, their consulting officers, uh-huh. and one of the things that, that I presented to them was the cost to agriculture of uh, the last four years in terms of just ACC. And, you know, you're talking $187 million, yeah. uh, of which probably half of that is dairy. Uh-huh. Um, but but the the reality is is that's that's a business cost. Yeah. You know, yeah. So so quite often WorkSafe has talked about the human cost and the number of people killed and injured, but that's part of the story. The real story is, and the the approach that we want, we feel we're confident now of taking with agriculture is actually, guys, this is about being better businesses. Uh-huh. This is about being a a better place to work for the people that, whether it's your family or yourself, or if you employ people, your workers, you know, health and safety is is about creating a a great place to work, and that has all sorts of business advantages because the things that create great places to work are the same things that create great health and safety outcomes. Because, yeah. and I know it's. Um they never say it explicitly, but in, in, in not as many words, farmers who come to our farm safety management system workshops, for example, when we talk about what they want to do, what they want to address, it is one of the things that's on their mind is basically, how do I stop WorkSafe driving up my driveway and prosecuting me? And that's a fairly reactive way, but that is you know, that is important to people, that's the compliance. But at the workshop, I, it takes them through, and I think in addition to that, the farmers also go, how do I make it? All those things you're you're talking about there. So we're we're trying to talk about the, the the benefits, not just avoiding costs, but the benefits of some of this stuff. And I think the line you had is that health and safety is a production thing, not just a, a compliance thing. Is is that sort of where you're going? That, that this stuff yeah. is actually making businesses not just avoid risk, but yeah, well, better overall. I, I think it's really important um, that we talk about health and safety maturity and mm. business maturity. So. Um, if in, in the other elements of farming, risk management is your number one skill set, mm-hmm. really, because you're, you're managing risks that you can't control all the time. Mm-hmm. So things like um, you know, the, the climate, um, commodity prices, those sort of things. So you build quite sophisticated mechanisms on your farms in order to control for that. And so when something does go wrong, there's something in place uh-huh. to, to manage it. Yep. Right? And, and I, the perfect example for me, there's two perfect examples. One is when you're flying south from Wellington towards, towards the South Island. Almost invariably, you fly over the, the salt flats. Uh-huh. And yep. sitting in behind there is this big patch of green, which is Doug Avery's place with, uh-huh. his, with his lucerne. Yep. You know, and amongst all the brown, there's this big patch of green, because that's a mechanism for controlling for the, the climate that his particular farm uh-huh. is in. You know, um, the, the other mechanism is when you fly into Napier. And as you fly over all the gullies and thing, every gully has a pond in it. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, and that's that's a decision farmers have made. Look, we get lots of droughts in our area, some years worse than others. Uh-huh. One of the ways of, of controlling for that is water storage. Yeah. So what we're saying is for for your people, you know, things go wrong. Yeah. So what the traditional thing is is if I go and see a farmer and he's had you know, almost every farmer's had some sort of accident on a quad or in, you know, a motorbike or something like that, or, or or have done something somewhere. And you say, what went wrong? Oh, I did something silly. Uh-huh. I made a mistake. You know, it was the end of the day and I was tired. And, and that adds up with our experience from the statistics because half of the fatalities that happen in agriculture happen after 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Okay. Yep. And, that, and they mostly happen to older guys who have done these things a whole lot of times before. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's face it, our population of farmers is, you know, aged um, <laughs> in many cases. Yep. You know, it, it's not as, uh, you know, it's not continuing to age. It is now coming down, I understand. But here's the other thing. We're not all as physically fit as we used uh-huh. to be. We're not all capable of making exactly the same physical reactions that we might have made 20 years ago. And we've got an ever-increasing load of things we need to do. We're managing those by prioritising stuff. But in the end, we, at the end of the day, we keep on wanting to have finished certain things. Yeah. So we go that bit a little bit longer, and we're a bit tired, and we make mistakes. So our thing is, you can either try and avoid making mistakes, or... You can take your risk management hat and say, stuff happens, mm-hmm. why don't I put in place the things that will ensure I have a soft landing when it happens? Yep. So um, let's take the really upfront one of quads. Mm-hmm. That's why we have strongly recommend putting crush protection on quads. Yep. So in the previous one, we said, you know, we can't really say because uh, we don't really have the data. Well, the data now exists. Yep. You know, that's why we've been quite unashamed in coming out in contravention of what a manufacturer says and saying, we think you should be fitting these things on your quads. And that we believe that, and wearing seatbelts in, mm-hmm. your, in your vehicles, because most of the fatalities are around vehicles and machinery. So um, putting CPD on your quad, put it using your seatbelt, having a device where you're, if you're out working by yourself, will send some sort of signal if something goes wrong. Those three things together will will just overnight cut fifty to sixty percent of, of fatalities off the box. Right. So, you know, you won't be lying underneath your quad. You know, yeah, yeah, you you might still have to walk home, but you won't be crushed. But knocking off at brew o'clock, afternoon smoke, as my uncle calls it, brew o'clock. That would knock off fifty percent too, would it? Um, it would. The, the, yeah. 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 Well, I don't think it's probably that because the jobs would just get but, crushed in. But it, it, it's people are getting tired yeah. and rushing, and, and is it because they're rushing to finish before dark, or are they just they're tired? Is there any sort of? Well, it just, it it, just happens it's at the end of the day. All of the above, really. Yep. So, so we all know, and you know, I spent a significant amount of my life wandering around the world in a uniform, and and one of the things we know is the tireder you get. The poorer your decisions, uh-huh. so everyone knows that. You know the the uh, elite athletes that do the multi-day races uh-huh. and all those sort of things. They all know it. That nutrition and rest are the things that will take you through. 
shearing is starting to understand that. You know, those mm-hmm. guys who are who are the top level shearers, um, they're running the that the physical activity they're doing is is the equivalent of a marathon and a half, something mm-hmm. like that. So you know, you can't feed those guys up on beer and water and pies <laughs> and, and sticky drinks. Yeah, you've really yeah. got to be giving them high-level nutrition that will enable them to go day after day after day. And it's the same with, with us. You know, we get tired. Yeah. If, you're, if you're working 12-hour days for a number of days in a row, the likelihood is, is that your decision-making becomes slower and slower over that time. And it's really no coincidence that there's a peak in beef and lamb fatalities over that summer period, uh-huh. the post-Christmas period. And and that's because the light is there, uh-huh. perhaps not so many workers around. It's a time of year where you can get on and do some of the things that, you know, yeah. during the dark periods of the year you couldn't really do. But there's also a whole lot of other stuff going on that you're trying to do. So. Um, you go out and it's late and then there might be an additional pressure of I've got to go to a barbecue or there's something there's yeah. a social function on that I want to get to with the family. I'm on holiday next week. Yeah, so I'm on holiday next week. Yeah. Well one of the classics was was um, a farmer who was about to go off to Hawaii with his partner mm. and and he was just he was just um, setting up the work the water stuff for uh, the you know the tanks for for the relief mm-hmm. guy. And and he didn't do it up properly, so it slipped off the um, the forks of the tractor that yep. he had it on, and took his scalp off for him. Hmm. Luckily, his wife was able to to take him to the hospital and yep. get him stitched up. But she was having a chat with a, a young doctor, saying, "Look, I've got tickets to Hawaii. <laughs> do you want to come?" <laughs> well, they, we'll come back to that because it comes back to your point about if something does happen, being able to get um, help fast yeah. when you need it. But. Um, just picked on that. There was an interesting stat: fifty percent of fatalities after three pm. You touched on the age thing, and I may have missed it. You talked about, you know, that, that, that uh, we had had that trend towards older farmers. It has sort of come back a wee bit. But is there a trend in the distribution where incidents and fatalities tend to happen more to older farmers? Out of sync with the in, age in distribution. In terms of rate, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in terms of rate, you know, the the serious harms that cause or the serious severe injuries yeah. that cause more than a week away from work, mm-hmm. which brings in the ACC compensation, all those sort yeah. of things. That's pretty well spread across the yeah. age groups. You know, um, there is there is a, a sweet spot, I think you'd call it, you know, in that 30 to 45-year-old where you've mm-hmm. got the experience and you've still got the physical prowess yeah. that you can sort of keep on going that little bit longer. Um, they're a bit less represented, not overly less, but then... Um, you get to 60, 65 plus, and the, the rate just shoots up. Yeah. Now, that, that may be because um, there, there are two arguments here. One is that uh, the rate shoots up because those people are less, um, less reflected in the statistics that we use mm-hmm. for calculating the rate. Yep. The other thing is, is if you go and actually look at the accidents, yeah, there are a lot more of those guys, those older guys, mm. in the in the fatality rates. But it's it's not just the young girls and the young boys who uh, have very that, seldom uh, the young girls and the young boys that get killed with their compared to the older too, guys. Yeah. And like I say, it's older people doing things that they've done lots of times mm. before. So mm. that that 
and, and there's two things. Well, either you don't do them or you get someone else to do them, or you say, actually, there's a more likelihood that I will have an accident, so what can I put, what's my risk management thing that I can put in place to ensure that when an accident happens, I'm not killed by it? Yeah, and, and that, that's what I've sort of picked up of reading this stuff before we prepare this, and you sort of touched on it. I don't know whether that's an explicit change of attitude from WorkSafe, but I think, in a, or a recognition of just the situation that I think what you said was the way farmers work creates pressure. They have to operate that way, you know, to do their businesses. It's about recognising things may happen, minimising the chance of something happening, but when something does happen, what's your words? Um, having a, a soft softer landing. landing. Yeah. yeah. And is, that, and is that a new approach for WorkSafe? Well, or is that sort of more explicit? Traditional, traditional um, health and safety, if you like, concentrates on having a perfect system mm-hmm. where everything, everyone does things right. Yep. And you're always trying to cut down those, those incidents. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was that oil rig that exploded in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, the day before that, they had a celebration on board where they were celebrating something like 300 days with no lost time injury, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay, the next day, because all the work procedures weren't quite right, mm-hmm. the whole thing exploded. Yeah. You know, so, so what we're saying is just doing the traditional health and safety and trying to cut down on all the injuries and all those sort of things, it actually isn't enough. Yeah. It's, 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 not, it's, it's still trying to say people have to be perfect, we shouldn't have accidents. Mm. The new way of looking at it, well, it's not new, but what we call safety too, yeah. has a different approach. It says, look, situations are variable, people are variable. You know, so what you really need to do is create an environment where people can fail safely. So people will always fail. There's no such thing as a perfect system. And, and especially, you know, um, the smaller your business, the more you're reliant on your, mm-hmm. your, your yep. one or two people to do things right all the time. And when things get a bit sticky, they just have to work a bit harder, and that's when the mistakes happen. So what you want to do is put in place things that allow people to fail safely. Exactly. And you've mentioned three key ones there, seatbelts, uh, crush protection devices and devices that work when you're in isolation yeah. to, to get so, help. So they're so. that the immediate things. Yep. But, but the other thing we should always be looking at is what is it about the way that we're working mm-hmm. that is creating these situations where we're pressured and we're doing things. So we know we can't necessarily change world commodity prices. Mm-hmm. We, we We've changed the weather, but not in the way we really wanted yeah. to. Um, but but that's not something we as individuals can control day by day. But we can control the way we work day yep. by day. So that would be the longer term thing that we'd be looking to work mm-hmm. with with agriculture about. Are there ways of changing the way we're working so that we don't create these situations? And and you know that that is not a short term thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Agriculture is successful in New Zealand because of the way we, we do mm-hmm. things. Is, is there different ways of doing it? So I'll give you an example. When we sat down with the dairy industry and we pointed out that actually an awful lot of the injuries are occurring in the shed mm-hmm. when people are putting cups on, uh, is there a way of changing how we do these things so that 
the pressures aren't necessarily, or the, the opportunities for harm to occur aren't as great. Yep. And so that's where we need to be working with agriculture now, and all, we're doing some work with, with, um, with the horticultural industry mm-hmm. as well. <clears throat> um, but you know, there's opportunities all the way through uh, agriculture to sort of take a step back and say, are there some better ways of doing mm. this? Uh, and now that you've got a, a younger generation of farmers who are perhaps poised to create, uh, to fill the gap, the void that's going to mm-hmm. come when all the older guys are, are sort of yep. reach their, their point where they don't want to farm anymore, or they can't farm anymore, um, there's an opportunity to bring those younger guys through with different techniques and, and yep. different ways of doing things. And, you know, there's, there's some changes in agriculture that have been great for production, but not necessarily great for other things. So I think shearing is a great example of that. When, when I worked as a Rousey, you know, sheep weren't as big as they are now, you know, back in the 70s. So, so she, you know, we're still expecting shearers to shear just about as many sheep, but they're dealing with much, much bigger sheep than they used to deal with in those days. So, you know... If we're, if we're going to do those sort of things, we have to make adjustments to how we do the other stuff. So let's drill under those three a little bit. It was quite interesting. So seatbelts, the old, you know, make it click that gets drummed into the kids by Ronald McDonald and Carl on TV, but um, is not wearing a seatbelt, which is a pretty simple thing to put on, and, but, you know, I can understand why people may not. How big an impact is that having in terms of accidents and fatalities? Well, how, what, what, we've, what I found when I went back through... Um, the fatalities that we've investigated mm-hmm. um, not wearing a seatbelt and being thrown from the vehicle mm-hmm. is, a, is a contributing factor to fatality yeah so I, we say you know we, we could prevent 50 percent overnight by just doing these simple things yeah the reality is it's probably a lot more than that but we're being very cautious yep. about our statistics and and it is you know I, I understand People say, oh, I just want to be dropped out. You know, I want to be able to step out of that side by side because I don't trust, trust the roll cage. But actually, the roll cage is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a place where you go over a bank and it's going down an 800-metre drop, you know, you've got to ask why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. If you, if you, if, you know, so there are all those sort of things in there. But you ask any four-wheel drive person, you know, yeah. and they will all say, the first thing I do is put my seatbelt on. Yeah except for the real cowboys. And the other thing is, as they say, and, and Mark Harris is a, a great a proponent of this, you know, the first one, first roll will break you, the second roll will kill you mm. if you don't have a seatbelt on. on. Yep. And, and that's true. If you've got a roll frame, you're better inside that roll frame than either trying to get out of it or being thrown out of it. Yep. Okay, first one, keep the seatbelt on. But the second one's an interesting one, um, and it's always been a bit of a debate around crush protection devices. So when you're talking about these on quads, what are you meaning? Is it the standard old anti-roll T-bar type thing some of them have, or is there any particular types that don't work, or is it anything is going to be a benefit? We know... um, The the reality is is anything that's going to keep... uh, provide a space Mm -hmm. will give you a greater chance, because... A lot of people who die on quads die from being trapped underneath them. Mm-hmm. And that includes in waterways and all sorts of things. So, so what we do know is that there are some, um, some crush protection devices which have been tested and they do 
they do do what they say on the box. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they're the ones that ACC are subsidising, providing ah, a okay. subsidy for when yep. you buy them. So, um, so is there, like there will a, be a lot of others that will do the same thing, mm-hmm. but they haven't had the same testing. Yep. So, so is there a list on ACC's website yeah. page or something yeah. of the ones they've... Yeah. Not saying the others are no good, but yeah. they're the ones they've so far have tested. They're the ones that have had t- uh, testing, and we're satisfied that they do what they do okay. on their box. All right. Well, yeah. we might have a link, look and put that, that link up on, and, on and the certainly, as well. And uh, certainly, actually applying for the subsidy is really easy because uh, almost every um, business owner has an ACC number, yep. and they've got a My ACC. So you just go in and you use your My ACC to, to apply, and it's basically a getting into your my ac uh, my acc account they'll tell mm-hmm. you whether you're eligible or not yep. straight off automatically and then you just give them your receipt and bang you get your subsidy and a lot of so a lot of farmers probably would be uh, um well there's a good chance they would yeah be. sheep and beef and um dairy farmers definitely yep. you think that's something many farmers are aware of um, I'm just not sure. Yeah. So that's, you know, this is an opportunity yeah, yeah. for us to no, get out there. And we are working with ACC to put the word out there more that this subsidy is mm. available. Uh, we were going to refresh it at field days. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I <laughs> tell you what, I just, just by the by, and I hope you don't mind me no. doing this, but some of the stuff that's come out on the field days podcast has just been brilliant. It's worth mm-hmm. going and listening to. You know, there's some really good stuff in there about yeah. better business techniques and all those sort of things. So that's cool. Everybody's a podcaster these days. Oh, yeah, but yeah. none of them is good as this one, Aaron, I can yeah. tell you that. Um, okay, no, that's in it. We'll put the link up to that to go and have a look. I mean, does it, if it's not on there, doesn't mean it's no good. It may get added to the list at some point. ACC are presumably testing ongoing basis. Well, um, the, the obligation is on the manufacturer to test it ah, okay. and, and provide the, res, the results yeah. of the testing. Okay. But and then guide, we though. work with ACC to, to say, yeah, this one meets the criteria. And if there's a subsidy involved, well, might as well yeah. get your hands on that. Um, third one was devices that work when you're working in isolation. So what you're talking about there, they're ones that can help you get help. Yeah, so I, I mean... Um, when I worked with Landcorp, we were involved with a thing called Farm Angel, mm-hmm. and this isn't this is it's probably a shout out for Farm Angel, but it's also a shout out for anything like that, which was an autonomous device. So not ones that you have to operate yourself. No. Ones so that will go off by it goes yeah, off, okay. and, and I I do know of a number of cases where um, vehicles rolled and it sent off the advice and the people got it and then they were able it gave them a location they could go to to Uh find out what had happened and in a couple of cases it saved lives so you know that's pretty good things like personal locator beacons etc phones have got a signal are handy but this is something that will do the job itself yeah and you might be unconscious incapacitated it's that's right and the other one that um i i'm aware of i mean there's a number on the market now that will do those sort of mm-hmm. things. Uh, I know that um, at least some of the radio, you know, the RT systems mm-hmm. will have uh, what they call a um, no movement detection mm-hmm. in them. So if you've got it on your belt and you're sitting down to have lunch against the fence, it'll beep at you, and you, yep. then you just, you know, you give it a nudge, and it, it, it says, "Oh, five minutes, I'll give you another beep." Mm-hmm. And if you go to sleep, it might ring the boss and say, uh, "This guy's gone to sleep." Or... Yeah, no movement. Yeah. <laughs> no movement. <mention. laughs> no, but but the thing is, is if if you are injured and it does send yeah. off that signal, it's much more likely you'll get um, help within that critical period. So it's like a golden hour, time yeah. golden, yeah. the same thing, getting help. 
Yeah, and, and um, you know, if you've got an RT set, it'll probably give, be able to give you some sort of co-location about where uh-huh. you are, where you're working. And certainly the the Farm Angel and the ones like that all work off um, satellite. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. and they will give an exact location or a, within a few metres location. But I don't suppose there's an ACC subsidy for that sort of thing? or uh, Not that I know not of. That, okay. All right, now we'll have a, we might put some more information about that in the blurb as well. So they are the key ones. What else? Is there anything else? Well, I think, um, I think the other thing is, you know, we're talking about long-term behaviour uh-huh. change, and I talked at the beginning about the things that make great health and safety are also great business things. But the, the one thing that works more than anything is just people talking. And, mm. and so we had a campaign which was about use your mouth, you know, talk, speak out, all yep. those sort of things. And there is a, an obligation under the law if you see something wrong to sort of say, hey boss, and there's an obligation under the law for your boss to say, I accept that you're not willing to do this because you feel uh-huh. it's unsafe. But I think on top of that, there's for years, you know, I was a, an organisational psychologist um, mm-hmm. when I was in the military. Um, one of the things that we've known for uh, probably three or four decades, um, and scientifically, and we've known for a lot longer in terms of organisations, is that people who feel like they're part of the organisation. Mm-hmm are more willing to give in discretionary effort. Uh-huh. And what we call, what the modern terminology for that is, is worker engagement. Uh-huh. So if you feel absolutely engaged with your workplace, you feel like you're valued, you feel like you've got a say, um, even if it's just the boss listens before he says, look, I like your idea, but um, uh-huh. those sort of things give you better effort. But what we know is those sort of things also give you better production they give you less staff turnover and they give you less um, or they give you better health and safety outcomes and we're talking in terms of health we're not only talking about you know inhaling substances and all those sort of things we're talking about mental health as well so if you feel like you're part and parcel of the business you're working for uh, it's a win-win because you feel much more comfortable in your own skin and, and how happy you are with the place you're working. Yeah. You're not constantly looking around to move on unless you're looking to move up. Um, and you know, engaging your workers and, and having your workers um, feel free to be able to have a chat about with you about how things might be improved or I've had this idea, what do you reckon? And you give it due consideration and talk to them about uh-huh. it, that will go miles further than a pay rise, for yep. instance, um, because people feel like they're valued. They'll give you that extra effort that you ask for or even sometimes when you don't ask for it. Yep. So um, that worker engagement thing is just so important for businesses, especially small businesses who are reliant on one or uh-huh. two people being able to carry the load. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yep. and, goes a long way and there's lots of little things you can do around that we know that there are people within our industry who perhaps haven't had the best schooling haven't had the best chances and it may not because be because they're not bright people uh-huh. it's because the schooling system didn't suit them so there's opportunities there as you talk to tutor them and mentor them and bring them uh-huh. through and then perhaps suggest hey you know would you, would you like to do some more literacy mm. and numeracy type stuff? Yep. 
and the difference that makes is just amazing. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Now we're seeing some of this stuff just in our day-to-day work and understanding that, you know, um, we tend to have a team who have reasonably high literacy and numeracy, but um, it's not necessarily affecting the way people do their jobs necessarily, but the way we need to communicate needs to take into all those sorts of things um, yeah. and engage people more. And I guess this whole thing's been about you know, your your job title's engagement lead. This sort of circles me around to my last point. We've been talking since your last podcast and all the work that we've been doing is trying to engage people in this type of stuff. And, and I think farmers are a lot more engaged in it. But, the big but, um, we, maybe we're feeling better about it, but you said the statistics have not changed. We've done all this. What's the... I mean, are we having a positive impact? Are we going to have a positive impact? What I, I think you know we just, what what we've done over we as agriculture and yeah. WorkSafe over the last five years is we've put in place the awareness, mm-hmm. um, but now it's time to you know pull on our big boys' pants yeah. and take a big step forward and say actually we've got to do some more here, and and so the first step is let's put in place those simple practical yep. things we can do the the immediate harm reduction stuff mm-hmm. you know think about the things that could kill you and say okay if I could be killed by this I'm going to put in some risk management stuff that will stop it happening so it doesn't stop the incident happening it stops the damage happening and then the second thing is let's start thinking about gee can we do our business differently so we're not exposed to risk so often and what sort of things can we do and and I think you know those two things over a longer term uh, those things over a longer term are the things that yeah. we need to be doing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, Beef and Land New Zealand are committed to this stuff. You know, obviously yeah. work so far. Well, your next but, step, you know, you, you've you've had your your um, your initial set of workshops, yeah. and and we love those. We think we think actually they've made a real difference. And in in the places where the stats we have show us that the places where you had more of those, which is probably Southland, yeah. Has had the biggest increase, or biggest decrease in oh, okay. incidents. So when so you talk about the stats haven't changed, that's for the industry as, yeah, a, whole. as a whole. We are seeing localized, yeah, localized yeah, bits, yeah, and, there's and been greater effort. There's been greater. But but you're not prepared to stop there. You're prepared no. now to going on to well, how do we as a community lead this? Mm. And of course, we can't change what happens on a farm. Mm-hmm. You know, only farmers can change that. Yeah. And what we what we what no one wants to see is someone pulling out a big stick. Mm. You know, yes, we'll pull out a big stick if someone has been seriously harmed and 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 or died, and it's showed shown when we do our investigation that actually it was the negligence on the behalf of the business owner mm. that led to that. That's what you see every time in the courts. Mm-hmm. You know, we you know we'd far rather. Um, be, be having a, f- a ceremony on a farm which is congratulating a yeah. farmer for, for um, putting in place some really innovative stuff that will stop their people being being injured. Yeah. So, and that's where I'm going. You know, I don't want to, to get uh, negative at the end, but the reality is we've still got a long way to go. I guess, you know, if, if the industry stats haven't improved overall, but some regions have, that presumably means some regions have offset that by getting worse? Uh, that, or, yeah. Yep. yeah, but uh, I mean, is it, and, is it? And let me tell you, agriculture isn't alone in this. Yeah, I, it's a yeah. New Zealand thing, and that's so, you know, um, and it's it's about I my personal belief, mm-hmm. um, rather, and based on what I'm seeing, is that it's about 
because we're all saying, oh gosh, if I just do everything right, then I won't get hurt. Yeah, yeah. And right. and you just, you know, we everything we know about health and safety is relying on a person to be right every time is just a, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And of course, that's what we're seeing. So, yeah. so what we really need to do is say, people make mistakes, let's fix the things that will kill them when they make a mistake. And mm. that way, they'll have a soft landing so they can fail safely. And it's not having the plan on the shelf, coming to a workshop on the plan on the shelf, it's having, we're using the term certainly in the land environment planning space, it's a living plan that it's basically yeah. it's part of business as usual and, day and, to day. And the real thing is, is it's like you, you have a, a fertiliser plan for instance, mm-hmm. you, know, you have an animal man- management plan, they're no good if you don't use them. Mm. So it's exactly the same with health and safety. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do do the big, you know, there's some big things that we can bite off, you know, some low-hanging fruit. You know, if you could, you know, if, if I came to you and said, I can stop half the, the animal deaths on your farm overnight by doing two simple things, you'd be going, sign me up. Mm. So that's what we're saying about yep. seatbelts and CPDs, just do yep. it. No, it's a big culture change, I think, in the industry, but uh, maybe you and I will talk again in another three years and uh, hopefully some of the stuff that, they, it's like, it's not all doom and gloom, you've seen some bright lights some some positive oh, yeah. signs elsewhere it's about now taking those wider and further and um yeah, yeah if nothing else the the three tricks and tips that you've given us today should make a big difference oh well, thank you very much for the opportunity right. always pleased to Good talk to, to farmers all right brilliant oh, well uh 2023 looks like we'll be talking next Al. cool i look forward to it thank you